You're tuned in to the Lone Star Lowdown, your favorite sports podcast where we're talking professional, college, and fantasy sports with your host, Ty Henderson, Shay Holt, and Corey Guidry. And we're back with the Lone Star Lowdown. It is January 18th, 2023. I'm Shay Holt, joined by Corey Guidry and Ty Henderson. It is the second week of the NFL playoffs, the divisional round. We'll be recapping everything from Wild Card Weekend, uh, updating y'all on the Longhorn basketball team, and of course, uh, doing previews for all four of the divisional games. Uh, again, this is the Lone Star Lowdown. Before we get going, be sure to check us out on Instagram at the Lone Star Lowdown, on Twitter at Lone Star LD, TikTok. Handle the Lone Star Lowdown and make sure to check out all our video content on YouTube. Alrighty, well, let's start with the NFC and uh, go from there. The 49ers defeat the Seattle Seahawks. That was the first game of the weekend. The Niners, that was a close game. It was 17-16 to Seahawks in the first half before the Niners ripped the Hawks for 25 second half points uh, to the Hawks 6, beat them 41-23. The Niners looked good. Brock Purdy, I think, had four touchdowns in that game. Devo Samuel looked great. Looked like um, he had fully recovered from his injury. McCaffrey had over 100 yards. Um, obviously, we'll get later to the Cowboys playing the 49ers, but just in that last game, what did y'all like and what, what didn't y'all like about the 49ers this weekend? Um, just from the 49ers' sake, I thought they looked kind of like what you expect of them. Um, the first half was definitely close. I think I don't see them personally as this unstoppable juggernaut, although I do think they're a very, very good team. But, you know, when you just watch them, they're, they're what they have been the last few years. They're very physical. They have great playmakers. Uh, you saw Debo Samuel, Kittle, now McCaffrey making plays. They just have great skill players, and their defense is very, very good. Um, yeah, I think they could – probably be more susceptible against the pass on defense than they are against the run, especially if they're not getting pressure, but they are usually getting pressure with Nick Bosa um, and those guys. So, yeah, I mean, you, it's hard not to be impressed. Um, it's kind of – you're kind of waiting for Brock Purdy, this Mr. Irrelevant seventh-round pick. Like, when is he going to come back to earth a little bit? But um, it's, it's, you know, ten games in a row for them, the way he's been playing, uh, it, they're going to be hard to beat if he keeps Isn't playing 11? at this level. I guess yeah, eleven including that game. So they ended on a ten game win streak, I guess. So Yeah. Uh I mean I everything you said there plus I mean, I just think they're a very physical football team. Obviously the emphasis is on defense, but they have a lot of weapons on offense. Uh Brock Purdy, he's a guy that's just working perfectly within the system right now and not making the mistakes that the Cowboys are I mean, let's I'll I'll save the preview. Um, but in that game, you know, like you said, Shay, it was uh, the Seahawks were leading at halftime after getting, you know, a flurry of points at there at the end of the second quarter. Um, but that Seattle defense was never going to be able to stop Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Ayuk, and McCaffrey. Might be able to shut down one of those guys. But what did was that a sixty-seven yard touchdown from Debo where he just flew down the sideline, beat everybody? Yeah, I mean that's. If you just have to get the ball in that guy's hands, and if you give him the ball 10 times, at least one of those is going to break for like 50 per game. And I don't think there's anyone, any other team beyond 
I mean, who who who's the team left in the playoffs right now that has as many weapons or more weapons than San Francisco on offense? I would say no one. I think they have the best weapons. Because the Chiefs. I mean, Cincinnati probably has two more better traditional receivers than Chase and Higgins, but. I don't know. I think would you rather have Debo Samuels or Debo Samuel or Jamar Chase? I'd have I'd rather have Jamar Chase probably. Uh, right now, um, it's I'd, very I'd, close. I'd, I'd take uh, Debo Samuel because he's better with the ball in his hands uh, between five and ten yards and getting yards after the catch. Jamar Chase might be, you know, better route runner potentially or. You know, more downfield threat. Yeah, but red zone uh, threat. That, that actually doesn't Going matter. Getting a, yeah, uh, I I think I would probably take Debo too. I mean, it depends on kind of offense you're running. Um, but definitely in San Francisco, Debo is the, a guy that can get the ball anywhere on the field and make something happen. Um, and him being fully healthy is the biggest thing that stood out for me in that game. It'd be way harder to shut Debo Samuel down than it would be to shut Jamar Chase down for a whole game. Like if you were game planning around that yeah. guy. Um, I just think it'd be a lot harder to keep, you know, there's just Debo so much more versatile and, you know, it's not gimmicky when he runs the ball out of the backfield. It's, it's designed to it's real. get yards and he does. I mean, he has, I mean, there's guys that they talk about all the time who have the body type of a running back or playing receiver, you know, have those receiver hands, but he actually is a true, probably what, 220 pounds, but has that running back frame to where you can put him behind, um, an offensive line and run him in the traditional running back style, and it, it's it's also it, the vision it works. It's also, it's also the vision too. Because other just, teams try to do that, like yeah. Cordell Patterson, is Miami a good example of doing it. Miami tries to do it uh, sometimes with Tyreek Hill. Even um, Dallas has handed it to Lamb. Before. Cordell Patterson's another guy who has that body type, though. He's even bigger than Debo, but like the same, you know, big ass almost. You know, just those workhorse legs. Almost too big to be a running back even. Like, you're surprised to see the biggest dude on the field be playing running back. It's kind of like how little Jordan Humphrey played running back in high school. Yeah, and um, sometimes, it, whether it's in high school and you're just the biggest kid and you've got to get him the ball and maybe your passing attack isn't there, but, you know, just getting one of your best athletes the ball in his hand as many times as you can. And, you know, if it's, if it's just handing it off to him, that sometimes is what it is. Um, do you have? I mean, I don't have the stat in front of me. I was just wondering. Do you do you know how many carries he's gotten this year? I don't have his career his stats. He um, did not have as good of a year as he did last year statistically. Well, I know he didn't want to be um, in that position as much running the ball because he would get paid less eventually if he got categorized as a running back. I'll get the stats for you, um, but real quick, because uh, we're, we're going to talk about the yeah. Niners more. What do y'all think about Seattle going forward? Just a little bit of Seattle talk to close them out. Um, obviously, they have some high draft picks coming up. You think they should keep Gino? I mean, uh, is his contract up? Yeah. I mean, he would be a good, solid quarterback at you know twenty-two, twenty-three million a year. I think. For how many years though? Three. Three. Yeah. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna invest long term. And they have the fifth pick, I believe, and the eleventh. I think. No, the Houston has the eleventh. Yeah, Houston um, has first and eleventh. They'll have like the, I think they have two top ten picks because they have Denver's pick and Denver was definitely in the top ten. Yeah, but Seattle's not top ten. I don't think Seattle That's even true. has their pick They're potentially. Like, did Go they up. they trade that to the Jets for uh, Jamal Adams? I'm not sure. We have to look. We'll we'll get into all that. But they have the f- number five. They can get a quarterback. Yeah, they can get a guy like if you got a guy like Levis that could sit behind Geno Smith and they already have similar you know gunslinging play styles. I think that would be a good route to take. Um, cause Gino's already proved he's a guy that can get you to the playoffs. 
and this is I think Seattle was the the team that played most like had the most rookie snaps this year the the youngest team in the NFL they really hit in the draft last year with Walker Wu, uh, Woolen from UTSA uh, Kobe Bryant Charles from, Cross left tackles yeah, played good you know it so. seemed, it kind of seems like every single round they they found a starter this last year um, so maybe you know probably I would concentrate on shoring up that defense. Um, I but I don't go, think I don't think they tear it down. I still I don't think Pete Carroll is going to ever tank for a, a year. I think they'll still be going after the playoffs next year. I don't think they'll be as good though. You I know, think you can't they, count on Geno Smith that play like this two years in a row. I think they should go with a QB though in the top five because if they're going to resign Geno, the odds that they're going to be back in the top five, like they're probably not. They're going to be a borderline playoff team picking somewhere in the teens. What so what if this happens though? What if like a Will Anderson is sitting there, a guy who was projected to go one or two? And yeah, I mean, you know that, he can instantly make your defense like a Micah Parsons effect on your defense. Will Anderson and Jalen Carter would be the two exceptions, but I mean, depending on how the QBs go, I mean, all three might be gone before five. You never know. Carolina could trade up, Indy. So there's going to be a trade. Yeah, I mean, the Bears are very likely to trade up, but not getting to draft talk too much yet. Hey, just, uh, yeah, we're going to move on. Uh, Debo Samuel, just so y'all know, 42 carries in 13 games for 232 yards, and what is that? Three touchdowns on the ground. Just so y'all know. Last year was far more productive, but he also um, – they didn't use him as much this year, but I, they're going to use him in the playoffs, so. Yep. Um, he, he's certainly getting some playoff looks. All right. So um, the next game would be what? Vikings and Giants from this weekend. Uh, the Giants uh, winning that game 31-24. Um, you know, they ran Daniel Jones a lot. I thought they – I thought they kind of ran him into first, the dirt. On the first drive, they ran him like four times in a row. Like yeah. Designed runs. Oh, yeah. Designed runs and just, you know, having to take off. But I thought he also threw the ball well. He Josh was, Allen Light. Yeah, he was able to, you know, push the ball down the field to those receivers. Um, I still can't really name any of them. but uh, they, the, they signed Hodgins off the Bills practice squad like three weeks ago. He had over 100 yards receiving. And a uh, touchdown. Richie James, uh, San Francisco Slayton. practice squad guy. Slayton. Could have put that game away. Dropped, not, yeah. Not even given the Vikings a chance at uh, potentially going down the field and winning or tying it or winning it with a two-point conversion. Just dropped. I mean, he leads the league in drops like every single year, so we expect that from him. Um, Got to be impressed with Dayball, though, the way he's yeah, this, sort of I, galvanized them. I, I don't think – they were definitely not as good as a team as Minnesota, you know, talent-wise. Definitely offensively. Minnesota's defense is just so bad. I don't know what like, – uh, the little Cowboys in there. I, Anthony Barr couldn't play on that defense, and now he's a starting linebacker on the Cowboys. That's worrisome for me. But how about Kirk Cousins throwing a three-yard pass when you got eight, fourth and eight, season on the line, and you throw a Don't check Don't throw down. it to the sticks, yeah. You threw a check down to TJ Hawkinson. How about not targeting Justin Jefferson one time in that drive? He didn't get one target in the game-winning drive. I mean, I'm sure they had him. Yeah, but like, I don't care. I wasn't like, watching at that point. I was at the Texas girls women's basketball game. I got, I got in trouble today uh, on the air on Light the Tower for talk or for saying girls. Did did they basketball. call you out? Someone, uh, a female listener number, or whatever, was like, "Yeah, that's offensive tie. Like, it's, they're women. It's you wouldn't call the the men's games boys." And I was like, "I do sometimes," but I didn't realize that was a bad thing. But anyways, yeah, that was uh, I didn't get to see as much of that game, but New York just dominated physically from what I could tell from what I did get to see uh, with Daniel Jones running the ball. And Brian Dable, I think he's coach of the year at this point. Oh, he'd, get, he'd get my vote. 
Him or Doug Peterson. I don't know if uh, postseason uh, uh, achievements factor into like that actual award, but if we're just talking in general, our coach of the year, yeah, I mean, he's still playing and the McDaniels kid isn't. And, you know, I thought well, Dayball doing a lot with that team. We talked about this last week. Uh, for anybody who wants to go back and listen to our full synopsis. Um, but, yeah, Dayball winning a playoff game, beating a 13-4 and Vikings team in Minnesota, um, doing 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 more with less. Um, yeah, definitely a uh, Coach of the Year candidate. I think it was either him or um, – why is his name? Peterson? No. Sirianni? No. Uh, Dan Campbell in, in Detroit. Um, I was, think you got to make If Dan Campbell would have made the playoffs, that's yeah. what I'm saying. A lot of people – I think Dayball is the odds leader right now, but – Besides him, yeah, Sirianni is a guy in the second year uh, in Philadelphia that had a great, great season, great turnaround. But Dayball is – that roster is pretty much the same from last year with a Giants team that won, what, like four games? Maybe even maybe less. They had less the second overall roster. pick, right? Yeah, they picked uh, Thibodeau. They might not have been second Fifth. overall, but, yeah, they were, they were really five. high. Yeah. And you what, they traded Kadarius Toney, who was their most – Electric wide receiver. Um, they had some guys go down with injury. Daniel Jones. I mean, Saquon's healthy this year, which is one of the biggest things. But that offensive line has really welcomed Dayball's like physical style and offense that he's brought from Buffalo. Uh, I said earlier, Daniel Jones is kind of Josh Allen light at this point with the, the his ability to run. We've always seen it. Remember when he. Uh, a few years ago, it might have been last year, where he was yeah. he hit, surf monster. Yeah, but he hit the that was the highest uh, miles per hour that any NFL player hit that season he, on that run. He was going like twenty four miles an hour. It's almost like you're downhill and you're like stumbling, but you're just like because you're going too fast. Oh, it happens all the time, <laughs> buddy. Yeah, but on the Minnesota side of things, I, I don't put that game on Kirk Cousins. But uh, I mean, it wasn't noon, so we knew before that game started that he probably wasn't going to win. Um, he didn't lose the game for his team, but he also didn't win it. Um, the defense definitely lost it, and I probably expect a similar season from Minnesota next year. I just I wasn't surprised that they were out first round. I mean, I just their record was very inflated if you just look at you know the way they, they got played. Very lucky. They they were very lucky. Um, eleven to zero in one score games that just never happens. They're almost guaranteed to regress. Not this in year. this one. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're they're like the anti Raiders this yeah. year. I mean that that's like guaranteed. Uh, that there there's a there's an amount of luck to that. You know you're playing a sport with an oblong shaped ball. It bounces a certain way. Um, they definitely had a lot of luck. Um, they had a bad defense. Daniel Jones threw for 300 yards three times this year. Two of them were against the Vikings, and then the other one was against the well, Lions. And he, and he rushed for over. It was like the first quarterback ever to th- throw for over 300 and rush for over 60. Something yeah, like that. something like two touch. He had two touching passing touchdowns, seventy rushing yards, and two hundred passing. He had more carries than Saquon. No, he had three hundred passing. Well, he might have had three hundred, but the stat I when I saw the, it on TV, the the, the yeah. conditions for the stat. Um, you have which you could make that up for almost yeah. any yeah any, uh, any game <laughs> exactly. Like, this is the first game where he had six catches, one hundred and eighteen yards. Yeah. Well, let's was. talk about first. I think uh, unless you have anything else to do, talk about the Vikings and Giants. I'm good. Um, how about? Uh, First ever to miss four extra points? That was unbelievable. In a game, dude. in a row? Uh, yeah. I've never seen that shit before. I've never seen anything close to that. That was probably one of the only worrisome things. Um, from a 31-14 to 14 Cowboys yeah, that whip I, down? That I noticed from a great Cowboys performance. Uh, it's clear he had the yips, or still does have the yips, even leading into this game. 
Uh, he missed one. He missed a kick. He makes it was really point five in Washington. It was yeah. five in a row because he missed the Washington one. Washington um, one. I mean, before that, before that, this game, he'd only missed six kicks all year, three field goals, three extra points. Um, they signed a practice squad a kicker to the practice squad today, Tristan Vinciano or Vinciano. something. You know, he was a he was a kicker up in New England for a little bit. I don't I don't think he might have gotten some run in some game actual game time. Um, but yeah, that was crazy. NFL record. Um, I thought after the second one that I was like, oh damn, he might be point shaving or something. Cause you know what Dude, the over under was? Yeah. 45 and a half, 45 right? and a half. And yeah. the final score was, uh, was uh, 45 up to 45. Yeah. I mean, yeah, come on. You have, dude. If, I didn't bet on the over. What the a bad under. Beat. I did put a 10 unit play on the Cowboys, which, you know, it felt really good. I didn't even realize till after the game I was like, oh yeah. I bet on that, and it was it was nice to finally have a Cowboys bet that was stress free. But if I would have had the over and that guy, had, I had four chances at cashing it with an extra point, that would have destroyed me mentally. Um, I will say this about the game: um, you made a smart bet there. A lot of people were really having emotional takes, including like myself and others, being very scared of this Bucks team. If you really look at, you know, they weren't a good football team all year. They ranked virtually in the bottom 10 of every offensive category, and Dallas ranked in the top five of every offensive category. It shouldn't really be that surprising. I mean, Dallas's defense is ranked very highly in almost every statistic. Tampa's defense has good players, um, but they, they didn't. They haven't put it together this year as much as they did. I know a lot of people, the lure of Tom Brady and being undefeated against the Cowboys was really uh, – and, you know, the history of the Cowboys in the playoffs, um, you know, especially as a Cowboys fan, you're just expecting to be let down – but in general, I don't think anyone should really be surprised with the performance. Uh, although it was a great performance, maybe surprised at how easy it was. But yeah, that, that was a good bet there. I think a lot of people had, you know, including myself, had a bit of an emotional take on yeah, that game. Yeah, I mean, we were both scared just because it was Tom Brady. But I hadn't really thought about the fact that I've watched that Bucks team all year, and they'd sucked all year. But every week, everyone was like, anytime they'd score more than like twenty points, people would be like, yo. This team, yeah. they're, they're kind of getting going, even though when they did win, it was always in like dramatic fashion at the very end of the game. Tom Brady's literally putting the team on his back. Mike Mike Evans and him haven't been on the same page all year. Um, they had started Ryan Jensen at center, who literally hadn't played since the second day of training camp when he got hurt. Um, they had a bad snap. You know, Micah Parsons was all up in Tom Brady's ass all game, which I love to see from a guy that – was limping off the field at halftime, has been hurt for probably half the season to this point. Um, one thing that worries me, Javon Kerr is getting hurt. <coughs> Excuse me. He should be. He's playing, though. Yeah, it looks like he's going to play. He's always a little hobbled, it seems like. Um, but another semi-big injury in Jason Peters' hip, which it, it, I'm hearing it's probably going to be a few weeks um, until we get him back. How about Tyler Smith, though, to just flip-flop positions as a rookie in the middle of the game and do it kind of all year? And he's been very good. I um, know. He's been playing he's a very out, pleasant surprise. A Pro Bowl, if not, like, all-pro level. You know, he's got he, – if you were – if this was Madden and you're putting a tag on him, oh, it's, dude. it's definitely future Especially like, he's like 21. Shay, what are your thoughts on the game? Let us know. Um, you know, I thought Micah Parsons played like the best defensive player in the league, especially against the run. I don't know that he actually had a sack in that game. I could be wrong. He had. A, he had. There was. He might have been involved in one. There was a half sack. But he didn't have like situation. a blow up play. But he pressured Brady all night, and he got there uh, on the run, and you know was able to tackle guys behind the line. You know, 
three three yard losses on first down, and that's just setting you up with a second and thirteen. You know, kind of killing drives on first down, especially for this Buccaneers team that you know Brady is still a good quarterback. Obviously, he's not elite top three as far as uh, his ability at this point in his career, but. And he's might, he might not even be able to win you a game by himself, but they just had no protection for him. And, you know, they just didn't have a great plan. Offensive line banged up. Uh, couldn't run the ball. Couldn't run the ball well. And, you know. They ran the ball like nine They times. had ample opportunities to come back in this game. It was close early on. The Cowboys didn't necessarily look great on their first couple drives. The defense gave them opportunities. A team that could have just, you know, strung some drives together uh, and, you know, Brady also had a pick in the in the red zone, his first one as a as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. They jinxed that, didn't they? They definitely <laughs> jinxed that by putting the stat up there, and uh, and it was a it was a throwaway pass that he just couldn't get out of the back of the end zone, and it was because he was under pressure, and so you know I, I thought the Cowboys looked really good. I think the Cowboys are really good, but I don't think that they simply, you know, I don't think that this performance was just because the Cowboys were that much or just that good of a team. I think it was because the Buccaneers really didn't have it all together. Um, and, you know, it is sad because I remember the last game Brady played in New England. It, it was a similar performance where, you know, he didn't look good. He threw some interceptions. And, he you know, he just kind of looked not necessarily washed up, but like he didn't have the time. And then he went to a new team and won the Super Bowl the next year. And, you know, I could, I could honestly see the same thing happening if he went to a good situation where they could protect him with weapons and uh, ability to run the ball. But that's just where the Buccaneers are right now and going forward. They've got good players on defense, but they've been banged up. And, you know, that's just what happens when you sell out for a Super Bowl, you know, a Super Bowl window, which they had the last two years. I don't think it really existed this year because we were seeing kind of what happened to the Rams is, you know, people get banged up. Your offensive line gets hurt. You can't run the ball. And, you know, you have injuries on defense. Uh, and, you know, you don't make it back to that level of last year, I think they were good enough to beat, to win the Super Bowl. They happened to lose to the team that ended up winning in very dramatic fashion. But this season, the bottom had kind of fallen out. I'm interested to see what, you know, what happens next. Big we'll Brady just, comes back? I just don't know. Uh, there's going to be a lot to transpire. Uh, it depends on, you know, what happens to the Niners. If the Niners can win the Super Bowl, I don't see any reason they need Tom Brady. So but you, that's, you think that's his number think, one destination? I think the it's the number one destination for any team. For anybody who wants to go to any team right now and play quarterback is the 49ers because we don't know what's going to happen with Trey Lance. We don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo. This Brock Purdy kid, you know, he seems all right, but, I mean, is he really going to be the quarterback of the future? Well, if he keeps winning, you, you don't really have a choice but to put your trust into him. Well, I mean, for instance, Nick Foles didn't get that, and That's he won true. the Super Bowl. On a, you know, um, but you know, going, but he wasn't a rookie. Fair enough. I'm just saying the Buccaneers. You know, uh, I, I I thought the Cowboys looked really good. I don't want to take too much away from them. I just think that they left a lot of opportunities for the Buccaneers to come back in this one, and the Buccaneers just simply couldn't take advantage of those opportunities. I think that 66 pass attempts for Tom Brady in the game. I mean. And he led the league in pass attempts. He, you got to get him a running game. I mean, like for him to be successful at this point, and that's any quarterback. I mean, I couldn't imagine any quarterback being successful, averaging fifty throws per game. You know what I mean? So, give it, give the guy some help if he's going to come back at least. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, we're going to obviously get back to the Cowboys here in a minute. Let's go to the AFC, uh, and let's just go ahead and start with the collapse. Um, the Chargers on the road. They were up twenty-seven to zero at one point. Uh, Trevor Lawrence threw, I think, four interceptions in the first quarter. Uh, they had five total turnovers in the first half. They rally back and win the game 31-30. Uh, 
Um, you know, should Brandon Staley be fired? Um, you know, how good is this Jaguars team? Uh, did just did that game just make Trevor Lawrence's career? Because I thought it could have ruined him if they had lost that game in that fashion with the four picks in the first quarter, and they had just gotten trounced and they didn't come back. I was like, oh man, this could just this could just spoil this. Kid. I don't know about ruining. I mean, they're they're coming off. It would have been bad though. It would have been a bad look. Now yeah. this week, I could see this some maybe not four picks, but you know at least maybe two or three, and them getting stomped by the Chiefs. Um, and it, it's a very young team to win that one game. I feel like they're kind of playing on house money right now. That was an amazing comeback. Uh, our good friend of the program, Dean Putanti, is a diehard Chargers fan, lives in L.A., and he. I think I, I told y'all before the show started. I was I texted him after the first score, and I was like, "Are you nervous yet?" Because we always mess with him. Because you know, Chargers will Charger, and uh, no lead is safe when when you are the Los Angeles Chargers. And he kept on saying like negative nervous, I'm not nervous, I'm not nervous. And because I asked him every time they'd score, and what did the Chargers score three points in the? Yes, three points in the third quarter. In the second half. And and that was it. Yeah, so he was like, no, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. And then eventually it was, it got to the point where they were down, down two. And it was like, all right, are you worried? And he was like, yeah, if they go three and out right here, I might be a little worried. Just sack, incompletion, incompletion. Yeah, I'm worried. And at that point, if everybody watching, everybody in that stadium, everyone on the field, you could look, see the look on Nick's, is it Nick's daily? Brandon, Brandon Staley. Staley and Joey Bosa's face, everyone on the sideline, they knew that game was over at that point. Um, icing the kicker, what that was the that was a it was a close kick, um, but there was a penalty, so they would have got a, re- a retry on it. But I, I mean, one of the what third biggest comeback ever in NFL history, playoff history. Yep, it was only behind Luck uh, against the Chiefs a few years ago and, and the Oilers. Frank Reich coming in for Jim Kelly and coming back against the Oilers, Warren Moon Oilers. But I do have a point to make about the quarterback Justin Herbert now. I if if you listen to the early days of the Lone Star Lowdown, I was always a little bit uh, down on Herbert compared to the the masses, and I'm not saying I don't like him. I think he's a franchise quarterback. I think he's a top ten quarterback. But people just already inserting him into the elite category, and you just and I'm not saying that he can't be there. His, his talent is unquestionable, but I just think uh, people are very much susceptible to tying their takes to draft stock and to what they thought about the player before he's in the league. So everyone, you know, as soon as Herbert took the field, they're like, this is the guy, this is the guy. And he goes out there and, you know, I'm not saying it's his fault, but he blows a 27-point lead. He is the quarterback. If Dak Prescott went out there and blew a 27-point lead, if Kirk Cousins, if these other guys who people don't see as naturally gifted, naturally talented draft prodigies, they would be getting absolutely crushed. They would not be – the coach would not be getting all the blame like Staley's getting – the defense wouldn't be getting the blame. They would be getting crushed. Um, and I just think that people, you know, don't want to put any criticism on him for this. I mean, when you put up three points in the second half, you can't mount any drive together for the whole second half to at least just give yourself that cushion to not allow them to come back. Um, I just think he's – I think there's some criticism worth there personally. Um, again, I'm not saying he's not a top ten guy. He's not a very talented quarterback, but – People just are so susceptible to tying what they think about a guy before coming into the league, his draft stock, and they just carry it for so long throughout their careers. Like at some point, just kind of let that go. Who is the guy? Who is the player that we've been seeing play in the league? Um, I just think he's getting a lot of sheltered opinions from the media because of that. 
Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I agree with it to a certain extent that um, he should have been able, if he's this elite quarterback, to put the team on his back and get a couple first downs and just milk the clock. But in his defense, they couldn't run the ball in the second half. The adjustment was on. The uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville was coming after him. They got to him. Uh, he didn't have Mike Williams, which, you know, a lot of people blame the coach for. Um, that would have been one more, um, you know, uh, target there when he just couldn't they just couldn't get a first down just kept giving the ball right back to the Jaguars and it can't you know it felt just like a, a they just stormed back it wasn't it wasn't like a long sustained win at the end it felt more like they just completely dominated from the touchdown they scored at the end of the first half until the end of the ball game uh, they only ran the ball 23 times uh, for 67 yards um, that's uh, not gonna, you know, that is not a recipe for success. Meanwhile, the Jaguars had Travis Etienne carry it 20 times, got 100 yards, had a good game. Uh, yeah, Herbert just wasn't accurate in the second half, as, as, you know, at least not as accurate as he could have been. While Trevor Lawrence just looked like the quarterback he's been sold to us as, um, and you know was involving all of his weapons um, between uh, Zay Jones, Kirk Ingram. Um, just, you know, really spreading the ball around and um, and making it happen. I was very impressed by the Jaguars, especially with their kind of lackluster performance against the Titans to get into the playoffs the prior week. Going forward, the Jaguars don't appear to be firing Brandon Staley. Um, I think he just takes too many risks uh, overall uh, in his uh, philosophy to ever win a Super Bowl, even with a lot of talent. People were really high on the Chargers this year, and, hey, they made the playoffs. That's nothing to shake a stick at. But, you know, going on the road and losing a 27-point lead, um, it's going to be really hard to ever live that down. Um, I just don't imagine. You know, I thought they would fire him for sure. Outside of winning a Super Bowl next year, like there's just no way, even if he's the coach for 10 more years, that they're ever going to forget about that. Um, and so that's, that's too bad. But uh, cause I, do think, I do think the Chargers are good, but they do seem to have this special way of screwing things up. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll talk about the Jaguars a little bit more here in a bit. Uh, we got two more games to go over um, before we get to our uh, previews. Bills-Dolphins. Um, Dolphins played really well in this game, despite not having Tua Tugavailoa. Bills scratched it out 34-31. to um, It was a close game pretty much the whole way through. Um, Dolphins got, you know, had a lot of things go their way. But, um, you know, ultimately, Josh Allen and the Bills pulled it out. And it's got a lot of people worried uh, about the Bills going forward. A lot of people had them making it to the Super Bowl, if not winning it. Um, you know, did y'all get a chance to watch that game? What did y'all think? Um, I thought that, uh, for the most part, you know, you, you were right about the Dolphins um, in your assessment. And even though they were close, uh, it was a close game, I don't disagree with you. Uh, you had said previously that they were a bit, you know, overrated house of cards you would say but um they really got the this game was really close because Josh Allen gave them you know some quick turnovers they got some short fields which he's been doing all year that that's who he is turnovers are in his DNA some would say but um again you know a win is a win in the playoffs just because you don't cover you know I'm not going to kill them for it I think they're still I'll probably uh I'll probably pick them to win next week so I mean, good good game by the Dolphins. Uh, they have they have good skill players and their defense. Uh, even though they gave up 34 points, they made timely plays. So at the end of the day, it wins in the playoffs. Um, you know, they're the Bills are going to be judged on these next two weeks if they can advance. That's what they'll be judged on. Yeah, I mean, a surviving advance. Uh, that was a playoff game between two division rivals. Um, 
the Dolphins have already played the Bills close in uh, Buffalo with Skylar Thompson once this year. I I was a Bills minus eight and a half better. I teased it down six or five points or six points, whatever whatever it was. So I was a little disappointed in that performance. Um, Skylar Thompson, he didn't really do anything to win the game. It was more the Bills doing everything to lose the game at that point. Um, we saw us, we'll talk about it in a second, I'm sure, but we saw a similar game in Baltimore and Cincinnati um, later that night or the next day. I forget how the order went of things. <coughs> Excuse me. But, you know, Miami's a team that they kind of have a questionable future, you know, coming up, with, especially at the quarterback position. Will Tua even play football again after uh, his concussions this year, especially his family is in his ear telling him maybe it's not – uh, wise to keep playing after all these injuries that have kind of started happening this year. Not with just, not with just him. You know, is, is it worth losing his life potentially or being forever scarred by brain injury or something like that, um, which he might already be? Um, they're a team that I could see Tom Brady potentially looking at again after the fiasco last year with him and Sean Payton. Maybe um, they, they re, he reconsiders going there because they're they're loaded beyond the quarterback position. They could get better on defense. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, you got about as close as you can get with the third string six, six or seventh round pick quarterback. Yeah. And, um, it's a divisional game, uh, you know, playing a team three times, being very familiar, uh, you know, a lot of people thought that it would just be a blowout, but you know, these teams do know each other very well. And Mike McDaniel's a good, he's a good coach. And um, the, stat, this year. the thing I'm looking at from this game, uh, obviously Josh Allen had the two interceptions, but he was only able to run for 20 yards, and uh, he was sacked seven times. So like that, I think was you know had a big had a lot to do with limiting that um, explosive Bills offense, and um, you know keeping the game close. Uh, obviously, um, the Miami, Miami didn't have their quarterback, and it's I don't think anybody's going to judge them too much. I do think a lot went right for them. I think this game was a little closer than maybe it should have been. But, yes, ultimately, I didn't think the Dolphins had it this year, um, despite having some good weapons. I think reloading and retooling and possibly finding a solution at quarterback if they're not ready to go forward with Mary, uh, not Mariota, uh, Tugavailoa, then, um, you know, they'll have to cross that bridge when they come to it. Uh, I think there will be a competitive team next year though and um and you know I, I like mcdaniels he's he's a good coach he coached him up ready to play um but uh yeah if, if nothing else to say about the dolphins going forward since in baltimore yeah 24 17 the Bengals survive and um this is another hard-fought game in cincinnati and um you know most people are pointing to the Fumble at the goal line by Tyler Huntley and the uh, 98-yard fumble return by Sam Hubbard. As, Mike Tarico with a hell of a call on that one. Yeah, pretty much the play of the, definitely the play of the game, but a 14-point swing there. Ravens. It was tied at 17 at that point. Ravens were looking to go up a score. Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. They still had a chance to um, tie that game up later on, but they just couldn't get couldn't get it done. Not enough time. Um, and you know, not a dynamic enough offense to James Brochet though was had a ball that would have been the hell mary that would have been yeah. insane that bounced off the hands yes. and he almost yes was there was so a chance close. he's a Texas guy too SMU. SMU um but yeah you know a lot of the same things we said for that Miami and Buffalo game go for this game as well you know it being a um division playoff game divisional battle third and team they played third time they played this year they played last week. 
yeah. or the week prior. So. Yeah, and yeah, we heard before the game, Hunley went into this game not completely healthy. We heard they might rotate him in Anthony Brown. We didn't see that at all. Um, but it, it's another hard-fought game. Baltimore's another team with a lot of questions moving forward at the quarterback position. Um, with Lamar Jackson not signed, you know, we, a lot a lot of people say he might have played if he was under contract moving forward, but he wasn't. So he wouldn't. He didn't make the trip. Uh, with the team there, do you do y'all agree with his decision to do that? Do you see uh, why he did it? The report was that he was sick. Um, what he, I don't know. I mean, like, I if he wasn't sick, then I think that's very strange. It seems like he's always sick or yeah, pooping I mean, his pants. Like at or least, something. at least if your knee's that bad, like put him in the press box. I mean, it, it just would be weird. You know, this, these these teams. You know, you're you're together since whatever July training camp. That these guys should be like your family. Like you should be wanting to go out there, especially like in an elimination game, and just be with them, even if you can't play. So I definitely thought that was pretty strange there. Yeah, um, not sure totally uh, what happened there with uh, his uh, potential sickness or whatever. But yeah, not traveling with the team is always a bad look. Uh, a lot of people are um, thinking he might be on his way out. Some people are even saying he might go to Miami, where he's from, or or New York. Yeah, and um, you know, instantly he would uh, it'd be a better market for him to sell himself as a player uh i know baltimore is a very successful team but he's also his own agent i think his tough. mom is his agent uh, or something like that it's some sort of yeah no agent situation which is probably a lot of the reason why he's not signed um you know we can there'll there will definitely be talk about that'll be a situation story, in yeah. the offseason that we will keep y'all abreast of but uh, ultimately i thought harbaugh had his team coached up i think he um I think he's he was the better coach in this matchup, and um, it showed what he was able to do with a backup quarterback and limiting Joe Burrow. I mean, um, Burrow didn't have a great game; just a uh, 209 yards, a touchdown, was 23 of 32. Um, you know, did it had a Took touchdown away the on the ground, plays. but um, yeah, wasn't able to. You know, yeah, uh, got the ball to Jamar Chase. Um, you know, nine times for 84 yards and a touch, but yeah, just didn't didn't have a completion over 20 yards in this game. And, um, you know, again, like I said, I thought the, the defense and the coaching for the Baltimore Ravens were superior, and it showed. Um, I mean, they, the Bengals had less than 250 yards of total offense. That's just uh, – it's not characteristic of them. Um, and it's not like the Bills have a bad defense either. I know we get to the breakdown, but it's it, not like they have a bad defense. That low yardage, you know, defensive battle is kind of the AFC North thing, though. You know? It is. I mean, I'm sure the over still hit in this game for sure, though. Right. Uh, what was it? Forty-one. I don't know what it what it had been. I don't know if it I was probably around that. there. It might have not. It, Vegas is probably pretty pretty spot on with that one. Actually, it was over. Oh, it was forty. So yeah, yeah. it did go over. I think early. every game besides the Dallas game went over this weekend. And that yeah. was just Tampa Bay's fault, pretty much. Dallas did. Oh really? I think it was Brett Maher's fault. We talked about that earlier. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was a cowboy. Forgot about that guy. Um, well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, a good game. Uh, these games were a lot better than I anticipated. You know, every game besides the Cowboys game was close at some point. Um, so it, it it was better. You you know, when you expand things, when you put an extra team in the playoffs, you leave yourself susceptible to a blowout, kind of like we've seen in the college football playoffs, so which we talked about last week. Go back and listen to that podcast. It was a, it was a very good one. Um, but we didn't see that this year. You know, even Seattle, the seventh seed in the NFC. That was a good game. It, it, it gave us there. at least a half of yeah. entertaining football. Really, it was until 
the uh, strip sack that Charles O'Minney, who lifetime Longhorn, recovered, and uh, they went down the field in like three plays and scored. That it became, you know, it was like, okay, San Francisco's got control of this game. But having the teams that had backup quarterbacks and third-string quarterbacks playing be competitive games and really come down to the wire was awesome to see. And it only makes me more excited about uh, next week's matchups. Y'all want to yeah, start let's, previewing? Yeah, let's get to it. Um, let's get right into them. Um, so, yeah, we were just talking about the Bengals. They're playing the Bills this week in Buffalo, uh, 2 p.m. Sunday. Um, you know, Buffalo's favored coming out of it uh, five and a half over under 48. Um, it looks like no uh, severe weather. It'll be about 33 degrees. What do y'all think? I'm hearing DeMar Hamlin might, might be on the sideline for this one. Or in the box, maybe? So he might be there at the, at the at the stadium for this game. So that you know how you know you guys know how I feel about uh, emotional wagering and how that can affect a game. Um, and having him there uh, is awesome for the sport, but it really doesn't have anything to do with the game. The Bengals were a team that has played really good against the top class of the AFC. You know they kind of own the Chiefs right now. They beat them the last three or four times they played them at least. Uh, Pretty sure three. Pat Mahomes has never beat him. Um, but the Bills beat know, him earlier this year and beat him last time in the playoffs. That's what I know. For if sure. I'm not wrong, I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow beat the Bills last time they played, and they were beating them uh, three Monday nights ago when the Demar Hamlin situation went down. Uh, not to say that you know that game wasn't even close to being over, but they did have the lead and they were driving. They looked good. Um, but you know, the, the, this is a brand new week. It's a brand new season. It's still it's surviving events. And in my opinion, if Josh Allen can cut down on these turnovers that we have seen from him a lot this season, he has like 12 fumbles and what, like 13 interceptions or 12 interceptions. He has a lot of turnovers. If we can see him cut down on those for the rest of the season, the Bills are my Super Bowl favorite at this point from what I've seen. Um, the Bengals, uh, they had they have three offensive linemen that are, that are going to be out for this game. I think that's huge their inability to protect Joe Burrow, um, even without a Vaughn Miller on the Buffalo defense. I think it's a better defense than uh, Cincinnati has. So that, that's that, – I'm going to have to pick Buffalo. What do you all think? I think the Buffalo Bills are going to win this game. Um, I think it will be close. I, I thought they would have won the, game, the DeMar Hamlin game, personally, um, even on the road. Um, and now they have them at home. I think the Bills are still a superior team. Uh, the Bengals, of course, could win this game. I think it'll be close. I think it's the kind of game that'll come down to a game-winning drive, game-winning field goal type situation. Uh, but, yeah, neither team really showed that they were above and away uh, a Super Bowl favorite uh, last week in divisional games, but now clashing with you know what we kind of view as the upper brass of the AFC. I think that the both it'll be a high it'll be high scoring, and the Bills will pull it out because of their ability to. Uh, run the football, which they did. All, they did pretty. They they were able to run the ball effectively last week. We didn't really talk about that. Not necessarily Josh Allen, but between James Cook, Cook and Singletary, yeah. they ran the ball well. They had over 100 yards rushing. Uh, I think that could be the difference in the game for the Bills. Yep, give me the Bengals to cover, but the Bills to win. What's the spread in that game? Five and a half. Shea said Buffalo. Yeah, give me. Get, I think it's a field goal game. I mean, uh, you know, especially with the Bengals' weapons and just the kind of player that Joe Burrow is. I mean, I, I, I might even take him over Josh Allen in a vacuum, but I'm going to pick the Bills to win this game just because of 
Um, I think Josh Allen playing at his absolute best. I, I don't know if there's anyone better. The problem is, do you are you going to get his best? Or are you going to get you know the turnovers and the careless play? But just watching the Bengals last week, um, their offense just if they're not you know dicing up with Higgins and and Chase, um, they just they have a hard time moving the ball. That, that especially with you know missing Lyle Collins and the other pieces they have on the O line, they just can't really run the ball as well as they did last year. Uh, I just think the Bills, I, th- I think it's kind of, you know, the Bengals had their run last year. I just think the Bills are really poised for their run this year. Uh, I think their defense is uh, going to give Cincinnati some trouble, kind of like Baltimore did l- last week, g- given it was a divisional game. But um, I'm going to take the Bills, maybe a three-point win. Um, Bengals to cover, though, just because I think that's too many points um, for two good teams. In the hey, I'm going to call my shot on this one. Uh, if you if you're a prop better or a situation better, this game's gonna go to overtime, but the Bills will cover that five and a half by sit. They'll score a touchdown in overtime. Thirty-seven, thirty-one will be the final score of this game. There you go. You heard it here first. Hey Corey, don't you have to go to work? No. You got it covered. Or yeah. What? Okay. Cool. I got it covered. I was like, hmm. <laughs> My game's coming up here. So. I got it covered. We're good. I, we got. I can't leave if we don't talk about the Cowboys. <laughs> so, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll hold off. All right, so yes, uh, big time matchup. Um, that's you know probably the bigger matchup in the AFC. The other one is the Jaguars and the Chiefs. Don't get me wrong, this could be a great game. It's three thirty on Saturday. Uh, we haven't yet seen the Chiefs play because they had the bye week. Um, hey, Trevor could, Lawrence undefeated lifetime on Saturdays, no matter what level. Of football. Yep, never lost on a Saturday. The Chiefs are favored by eight and a half though, and in a fifty-three over under. They're playing at home. The Chiefs uh, are seven and one at home. By the way, the Bills are also seven and one at home. Um, but yeah, I think the Chiefs maybe their one home loss was was it to Cincinnati or was that game in Cincy this year? I don't know. Well, we can maybe double check that. But the Jaguars are coming in off a huge win that we already discussed earlier in the podcast. And um, the Chiefs, you know, they laid dormant last week, uh, thanks in part to you know they lost to the Colts ah. at home. <laughs> I think. I thanks, think that's what it was. Thanks in part to the DeMar Jeff Hamlin Saturday. situation. The Chiefs have the bye week and have this one seed. Um, this was probably, or quite possibly, the last game they'll have at home. Uh, but I think this could be a great game. Uh, I think it'll be very high scoring. Uh, I'm interested to see how the Chiefs come out and play. They are arguably the best team this year, at least on offense. Uh, Mahomes probably will win the MVP. Um, you know, proving people wrong, didn't need Tyree Kill, still has Travis Kelsey, uh, the emergence of guys like Isaiah Pacheco in the running game. Um, you know, he's the, the Chiefs have been good. It's Andy Reid versus uh, um, Peterson um, in in uh, Arrowhead Stadium. And get this, it'll be 40 degrees, and looks like it might rain. Looks like it probably will rain, in fact. Um, so, so yeah. probably be the shittiest weather of any of the games this weekend. Oh, definitely. Um, unless a uh, system moves in late. Uh, yeah, what do y'all think? And um, give us y'all's predictions. The Chiefs, um, sorry, excuse me, the Jags have had a magical run up into this point, but uh, I, I don't see them. There's any way they win this game unless they have a little bit of more Doug, Doug Petey magic left in their tank. I think Patrick Mahomes takes care of business. He puts his playoff pants on. Uh, Chiefs by 13, you know, two scores at least. I think they cover. Um, like you said, the weapons in the run game have gotten going with Pacheco. 
Is Clyde, does Clyde Edwards Hilaire even play anymore? He's hurt. He's definitely been banged up for a good portion of the year, but even when he has been healthy, I've noticed he he doesn't get he doesn't get he's the, not the starter yeah. anymore. That's sad for him, but he's always seemed to be hurt or have it was a bad in. pick. It was a bad pick at the time. <laughs> I mean, even McKinnon gets like snaps yeah. over no, him. He's good though. I mean, he's great in the great pass, pass catching. Game. Yeah, yeah, um, which is really what you need there. But like I said, Mahomes puts his uh, puts his big boy pants on his playoff pants, gets him to the AFC Championship game with a for a great matchup against the Bills. Yeah, um, Andy Reid, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know his career record off a of bye, whether that's regular season or in the playoffs, is just outstanding. Like, it's got to be upper 80 to 70 to 80% win percentage. He just doesn't lose off of buys, and he also doesn't lose week one. That's because he's one of the best offensive minds when it comes to preparing. And if you give him time to prepare, we got some dogs barking. Calm down, Zeke. So yeah, if you give if you give Big Red time to prepare, he's gonna come up with a fantastic game plan. You're gonna you're gonna see guys running wide open, and you know I'm not gonna lie, the game being on Saturday, there there's something to this Trevor Lawrence Saturday magic. We literally saw it just last week with that comeback. But I think it ends. Um, the Chiefs are my pick to win the Super Bowl, and um, I'm sticking with them. So they're gonna advance to the conference championship round um, after Saturday. Yeah, Jaguars, I don't see being the Bengals of last year taking a second-year quarterback to the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship game. I think people in the NFL, for that matter, really wants the Chiefs to play the Bills because it was such a good game in the playoffs last year. So, that being said, I'm taking the Chiefs. And, um, you know, I think it'll be a hard-fought game, but I think it will be the least competitive game of the weekend. Um, just because I think the Chiefs are that much better than the Jaguars. They won five more games this season. They're 7-1 at home. The Jaguars are 4-5 and five away, coming off a, you know, a miraculous win in a game they should have lost. They shouldn't be in this game, let's be honest. Playing with house money has its effect, and, you know, what you can say about that, but uh, when you're the Chiefs and you've been in the AFC Championship game, or uh, I guess they weren't in it last year, but when you've been playing at such a high level for so long, I don't think you stumble uh, against the second-year quarterback, um, even though I know they did last year. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, NFC breakdowns. Let's do the Giants and Eagles before we get to the Cowboys. That game is 7-15 uh, in Philadelphia. Division ri- division rivalry, division matchup, third time this year these teams are playing. Um, I'll get the uh, – I need to get the stats from – Last two times they played and let y'all know. Philly it, whooped their ass by like 30 one time. And then last week of the season with Giants backups, um, it was a one-score game. Yes, both games were later in the year. Um, it looks like probably about week 11, uh, the game was in New York and they beat them 48-22. And then, yes, last week of the year, 22-16 in Philadelphia. Yeah, um, the Giants haven't won back-to-back games since about week 7 and week 8. That's the last time they won back-to-back games. Uh, they're a nice story. They're a nice, fun team. But even with a compromised, banged-up Jalen Hurts, they're, they're going to be no match for the Eagles. Um, I expect them to win by two scores. Um, as much as I'd love for the Giants to win, just because if the Cowboys were able to win, I'd just – I mean, that would be such a favorable matchup in the conference championship. I just don't think they have the horses to get it done, especially against Philly, who's going to be rested up. We'll see where Jalen Hurts is in terms of his injury, how much is he going to be willing to run – but I honestly think that they can beat the Giants without Hurts even using his legs that much. I think he could probably beat them just from running the ball, um, their own running game, and then just making throws from the pocket with the weapons that they have. So, yeah, I think this one's pretty straightforward. All, I've picked all favorites so far, but um, 
I think a lot of times in the playoffs, it goes, it kind of goes a bit more chalk than normal. Um, you kind of got an idea of how good these teams are based on the large sample size of the season. So, yeah, I'd be stunned to see the Giants win this game. Yeah, I wouldn't be stunned just because we just saw a bunch of pretty close divisional matchups, even though none of the underdogs won in the wild card round. Um, we're good over here, Shay. <clears throat> um, sorry, guys, a little behind the curtain there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think the I think the Giants cover. I think Philly wins, but uh, this is a way closer game than the Jacksonville Chiefs game in my mind. Uh, they got the pretty equal coaches here, two young up and comers, uh, and a second year Nick Sirianni and a first year Brian Dayball, who we mentioned yesterday as uh, our favorite to win Coach of the Year at this point. I think Saquon Barkley will carry the ball 25 to 28 times. Um, this game will come down to the arm of Jalen Hurts. I think this is the first test that he really proves um, that he is a potentially elite quarterback and he wins this game um, in, in the waning moments and crushes any hope of a, you know, a New York wild card run to the Super Bowl like we've seen in the past with Eli Manning. Yeah, I think if everything went right for the Giants in this game, they could win, you know, limited turnovers and maybe have one or two plays they stole and, you know, got over on the Eagles. Eagles seem like they've lost a lot of their fervor. Um, they were at one point. They haven't you know, been healthy for like over a month. That has a lot to do with it. Um, and just, you know, at one point it felt like the Eagles were far, you know, they were undefeated for so long. Far and away the best team in the NFL. Everybody really had them in the Super Bowl and thinking they were going there. But, you know, again, like you said, this is a divisional game. You know, just like we saw last week, teams come to play, especially in the playoffs. It's a night game, and I don't think it'll be a blowout. I know it's seven and a half right now, Philadelphia, but um, I could see this being a field goal game, um, and especially if the Giants are willing to run Daniel Jones to the ground. I don't think they have any – like if he got hurt and his career was over, I don't think they would care. I think they're just... They're they, definitely going to bring him back for next year, though. Yeah, but I think they've bought into the fact that we aren't playing to, like, keep our quarterback healthy anymore, which you really shouldn't you in shouldn't the playoffs. at this point, yeah. But, like, especially with a guy who, yeah, they might bring him back, but, you know, they could also find somebody else to bring in. You know, Giants, apparently, you know, they are, they're an appealing team, uh, you know, playing in New York and everything. So I just think that if they're willing to play with the reckless abandon they they did last week to beat the Vikings, um, then I think there's a chance. But I'm still picking the Eagles. All right, y'all. Cowboys 49ers, 5.30 Sunday on Fox. Niners are favored by just four points. 56 degrees out in Santa Clara. Um, over under of 46 points. Let me have it. What do y'all think? You want to go first? Or yeah, me? for me. Um, we're just going to have to be the more physical football team. And that's going to be tough because the San Francisco squad, especially on defense, they play fast, they play hard, they swarm with the ball. Um, they make plays when they need to. They make the unexpected play. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that have to go right for the Cowboys to win this game. And the number one thing for me is Dak Prescott having a turnover-free game. Uh, last week was his first interception-free game in over seven weeks. He had thrown a few, uh, pick sixes in a few back-to-back -back weeks. I think that this game is going to be close. Uh, right now, what is it at? Four. Four. It yep. was three and a half uh, yesterday. So it looks like a lot of money is coming in on San Francisco. Sure, do it. Um, 
That's fine. I was scared. I'll, I was, I'll take the house. I'll be I, on the house side. I was more scared last week playing Tom Brady than I am this week. And the biggest thing is just because Brock Purdy's a rookie quarterback. I know he hasn't had a bad bad week in the NFL to date. He's undefeated, but it's going to happen eventually. You know, like last week you were playing a Seattle defense that is probably one of the worst in the NFL, and you started off the game pretty bad. You know, but you ended up winning that game by multiple scores, but you didn't have come off to a hot start. And it gets a team and a defense like Dallas – if you do get off to a hot start, there's a chance that you can, you know, you never make up that ground if you get down two scores. Um, so I have the Cowboys winning in this game by field goal. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a great game. You know, this is the first um, this year and last year, the first really meaningful Cowboys 49er matchup since the early 90s where, you know, they were two of the most dominant teams in the NFL. So I'm excited. I'm sure uh, Fox will have some good pregame, postgame and pregame content or halftime content for us. Um on the real side of things, but uh, what do you think, Corey? Yeah, um, I'm picking the Cowboys to win, and I don't know if you guys listen to the show. I'm not one of the guys who um, always picks his team to win. I've picked against the Texas Longhorns this year. I've picked against Dallas this year. Um, I believe they, they can win the game. I believe they're the underdogs, for, rightfully so. I don't think they should be favored, but just when I look at the San Francisco 49er team, um, they have not played high-powered offenses over the last eight weeks. Uh, you could throw Miami in there. Um but they're just really hot and cold, so I guess that's probably the best. They, they haven't played. played anyone great. They're five and one against playoff teams this year. But they, and since Brock Purdy has, t- Purdy has taken over, they've the playoff teams they played are Seattle. Who else are you looking at? Miami. Miami. You know teams that are kind of so I'm flailing looking, towards the end of the year. So just two weeks ago, right? Um, they went to overtime with the Raiders. Jared Stidham led Raiders. Jared Stidham threw for three hundred and sixty yards against them, and uh, almost beat them. So. If you're going to look at a weakness in the 49er Vonta defense, it is the passing game. It's through the air. Their run defense is very stout, obviously. If you're able to protect Dak, and, um, you know, there's no reason to think that Dallas can't score on them. They've scored on everybody they've played this year. They've, they're have number one in scoring two years in a row virtually. Um, again, turnovers worry me. If Dak goes out there and, you know, a pick six in this game, that'll lose it for you. Can't have that. Um, but, you know, he, Purdy's a rookie quarterback, and we really don't know how he operates, you know, when things start going wrong. And even the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in this league has had bad games as rookies. Like, there's got to be some point where you, where you fuck up, you throw a pick that you shouldn't have thrown. Patrick Mahomes has had bad games this year. Brock Purdy is going to have one. All of a sudden, Micah Parsons breaks through the line, sack, fumble, you know, it's momentum starts going downhill, you throw a bad pick. Like, it can move real fast. So, um, I just think that... I think that, you know, people kind of – I mean, I understand why people view the Niners as this juggernaut. They've won 11 they in a row. They are. They're they very are. good. I but think, so are the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I just think that uh, – I think it's a good matchup. Uh, especially – let's talk a bit about personnel, right? Um, 49ers offense versus Dallas defense. When you look at the way Dallas plays defense, they're very multiple in the way they play players. So, you could have Parsons on the edge. Obviously, you can play in the middle some. And then when the way, the, the way they're using their DBs now – um, since pretty much all of our corners are hurt, Xavier Rhodes is going to get we're, roasted. This we're, game. Well, he won't that. be playing. Yes, because, he will. No, he won't because we're we're, we're going to run on that big nickel that we ran a lot last week. So we're going to have Diggs and Bland on the outside, and we're going to be playing three safeties, if not four. So we'll have Hooker, Donovan Wilson, and Curse playing in the slot, and then Israel Mukwamu. We saw him play a lot in the other slot yeah. in the big dime. So I think that's a very good personnel package for Dallas because it gets a lot of size on the field, which you need against this physical team uh, to tackle guys like Debo, 
uh, Kittle. Obviously, we can't expect Diggs to make any tackles. No. But uh, someone's going to have to. So, at the end of the day, uh, I agree. Dak cannot be throwing pick sixes. If we have a pick six, you know, that, that'll lose the game for you right there. So, final score? Uh, final score, Dallas. Dallas 28, San Francisco 24. Cool. A push. Uh, I think that the uh, 49ers are going to win the ball game because they're going to be able to run the ball more effectively than the Cowboys. Um, I think the Cowboys are a really good football team. Um, I just you think sound kind of sad about this. Well, no, he, I'm not he's sad. coming in to kill our dreams. No, that's why. <laughs> I, think he, I think he's kind of found himself being more and more of a Cowboys fan over recent seasons. Well, I guess you know. If if that's the way it appears to you, then so be it. <laughs> um, I don't really root for any team in the NFL, and you know I don't really like the Cowboys. I you know I guess you I just have to watch them because they're on TV all the time. I know. I don't really like the 49ers though either. I'm not you know necessarily partial to them, um, and it's 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 a weird thing because this is what this is. I think the first game of the playoffs that the teams haven't played each other. I know the Bengals and the Bills game got canceled, but even the uh, Jaguars and Chiefs have played each other earlier this year. By the way, Chiefs won 27-17. Didn't mention it earlier. But the Cowboys and Niners are playing for the very first time this season, and um, I just think that uh, yeah, the team that wins the turnover battle will probably win the game. I uh, know Brock Purdy is a rookie quarterback, and we're waiting for him to falter. And I know that. Uh, the Cowboys have a really good defense. I just think kind of what happened last year happens this year. Um, and that the Niners, a team with a very uh, complex and advanced um, you know, zone run scheme where they're going to run the ball, they're not going to get away from it. And the Cowboys with you know probably one of the best running situations in the, in, in the playoffs still with Zeke and Pollard are just going to get away from the run, whether it's because they're – you know, trailing a bit early or, you know, not. This game, you know, it's going to be 56 degrees and cloudy. It's not going to be, you know, weather's not going to be a big a big uh, factor here, I don't think. It might be windy because you all know how San Francisco gets. But um, I just think that the Cowboys, especially with the question mark at kicker, I know that, you know, odds would say they're not going to miss a field goal this week. Like, they'll, you know, they probably won't. But I think they'll be hesitant to take a you know fifty or fifty plus yard field goal with a dude who missed four extra points last week. I think that could be huge. Um, and just you know, every, I just feel like the Cowboys need a lot to go right to beat the Niners this week. I'm not saying they can't. Uh, I just don't predict that they will. Um, I think it'll be a hard fought game. Uh, Sunday are the money matchups this weekend in the NFL. Um, and yeah, we'll just see what happens at 5:30. I guess it'll be 3:30 in California when this game actually kicks off. No, it'll be a, it'll be 1:30 there. It kicks off at 3:30 here. No, it kicks off at 5:30 here. I'm not sure. That's what I, I got. Don't, I, don't, I don't. Are you sure about that? Five two two p.m. for um two p.m. and 5:30 yeah. is what I'm looking at. But it might that might be Eastern time. It says here Central Time. That's what yeah. I'm looking at. I, don't, I assumed it, it, it I don't corrected. Think there's games that come on at 5:30. Yep, all games in Central Time. It's different for the playoffs for whatever reason. Yeah, they don't want. They don't really want a Sunday night football affair. They want like you know. Oh, but yet they put the Cowboys on Monday night and give us two less days before. That is a factor, dude. They finished. San Francisco finished their game against Seattle about. Fifty plus hours, like it's somewhere in there. It's a yeah, little it's over two stupid. days it's before stupid. that's a good point. And I and I was, you know, I know that the NFL wanted to exploit the entire uh, MLK weekend, and you know, 
uh, have three days of football, uh, which I mean, that's great for like the viewer. But, well, it's because they added the extra team. Well, but last year it was two. It was two three peats. Um, yeah, they could have three on Saturday. Like, yeah. So they they was it, I thought this was the first year with seven on your side, though. No, last year they had seven as well. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. So the Cowboys are playing with two days less rest. I thought that was um, unfair, uh, especially because you don't really know with the reseeding how the teams are going to match up. You get the ultimate of the Niners having played the very first game and the Cowboys having played. Yes, something like fifty well, it's hours later, they, they expected. Minnesota to win to where we would be playing Philadelphia. Yeah, but you can't just can't do expect that, that <laughs> yeah. when yeah, you create a playoff that's, that's schedule. Fucked. That's pretty fucked. They should have had like, no, all the me, AFC I'm... teams on one day and all the NFC teams on one day. That's yeah. how it should have been. Well, yeah. guys, uh, Shay, we're coming close on time here. You got a you got a final score prediction for this? Oh, one? Um, give me twenty seven twenty Niners. Um, and yeah, so we are cutting it a little close. Uh, I know we we said we'd mention Texas basketball, so uh, they lost to Iowa State uh, last night in Ames. Kind of the whole world expected them to, or at least I did, expected them to lose that game. I didn't expect them to lose it by double digits like they did, but Tyrese Hunter had 10 points in his return to this, his former team, uh, came out, scored some points, had zero second-half points. We've really seen him t- uh, tail off towards the end of the year and start a Big 12 play. Um, and this team seems to go as he goes offensively. You know, Marcus Carr has really exploded on the scene in Big 12 play and has been scoring in bunches. Um, but Christian Bishop was the leading scorer in that game, and if he's your leading scorer, that's an issue. Um, they're still a three-loss basketball team. Um, it's third in the Big 12 as it stands right now. Um, we have Kansas coming up, uh, some big matchups. They're actually fourth. Iowa State, Kansas, and Kansas State are all sitting at five and one. Texas is the lone team at four and cool. two. And we go to Lubbock tomorrow to play the winless Texas Tech Red Raiders, uh, 0 and 5 in conference. Wait, conference play. wait. No, we no played, that's not correct. We play West Virginia on Saturday. That's the next game. We played Lubbock last uh, January 14th. So we played uh, this week, since we talked about it last, we came back against TCU and Texas Tech. Two huge yeah. second-half comebacks. That was awesome. um, those games are both at home. The home court had a big – had a lot to do with that. The one thing I'll say, though, is that there are absolutely zero meaningful college basketball games played at home. You will never play a meaningful game. And when I say meaningful, I mean a tournament game in your home court environment. So I don't really care about that. Yes, it'll you know help you get to the tournament, sure, and help you maybe beat Kansas at home but, or come back against TCU. But you know the home court advantage, and then going and seeing the Horns lose to another good squad on the road by more than ten is troublesome. But doesn't that go for everyone? Iowa State having the home court, so no one plays any meaningful games all year. Oh, well, I, court. I just mean that, you know, uh, I think that a lot of people accredited the TCU and the Texas Tech second half comebacks to having a very raucous the second half uh, crowd. I was at the TCU game, in fact, and it, you know, it is a good home court advantage. They talk about it at every game. Um, and, you know, that's great. Uh, I'm glad that we're winning games. I'm glad we've only lost three games, uh, you know, with only one of them, I think, being at, at home against Kansas State. But again, like I said, um, You've got to be able to win neutral site, you know, basically away games um, in other no, places. I, I get your point. I get your point. I saw a funny stat uh, based on, you know, whatever that is, rankings or um, just like, yeah, just 
rankings of teams, the hard, the ten hardest remaining schedules, or maybe it's eight hardest, or all Big Twelve. Maybe, teams. Yeah, now we're all right in the top. Like 50. all Big Twelve teams. Um, it's a murderer's row. But yeah, it's uh, going to have a tough schedule moving forward. Right now, I see this team probably losing the first or second round, um, unless they can kind of pick it up behind Rodney Terry and him pick it up as well. Uh, but unless y'all have anything else, I think that's going to be it for this episode of the Lone Star Lowdown. Yeah, that's it. We'll be uh, bringing y'all um, recaps from the divisional round of the playoffs next week and uh, previewing the conference championships, which, you know, we'll certainly be excited about. Especially if the Cowboys are in it. Um, oh, yeah. But Ooh. make sure to check out all of our social media accounts like we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Uh, we're, we're excited to have some new content coming out. Uh, share, let us know what you like about this episode, what do you want to see in future episodes, and you can just hit us up. Um, what We have a business email now. What is that? Oh, we do have a business email. That would be... Um, yeah, if you want any any type of marketing or anything opportunities, hit us up at marketing at lonestarmediapartners.com. Hit, hit, hit us with the email there if, you know, if you're an editor or you want to you know, be a part of the show. Any, any Anything... You want to send that way. We're open to ideas. Yeah, we're open to anything. But so. for Ty Anderson and Shea Holt, Corey Gidry, we are the Lone Star Lowdown. And how about them Cowboys? <laughs>